I started by like say, by writing an article, hey, fascism is left wing, not right wing. By the way, it has the same artwork. It's black and red. It, they have the same tactics, government tactics. Like it's yeah. the same. So. I, Ayn Rand says it's all, all these isms are kind of bullshit, right? It's the individualist versus collectivist. Yes. Collectivists are communists, fascist. School systems. Yes. Um, I, I just say statist. Really? Yes. And then they're, they're all there to lie to you and steal your stuff. Like, it doesn't matter what, <laughs> what um, ideology they subscribe to. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the What Is Money Show. I am thrilled to have you here joining me on my mission to help shine light on the corruption of money. Now, if this is your first time listening to the What Is Money Show, I strongly recommend that you go back to episodes one through nine first, which lays a lot of the groundwork for many of the concepts that we explore on the show. These first nine episodes are my series with Michael Saylor, and thousands of people have told me that this is the best podcast series they've ever heard, hands down, and that it was instrumental to their understanding of money and Bitcoin. So if you're looking to start a deep dive into the nature of money, I don't think there's any place better that you can start other than episode one of this show. Now, a little bit about this show and how it makes money. The What Is Money Show is 100% sponsor-based. So all of our revenues are derived from direct sponsorships. And I strive to be very selective about the sponsors that I work with, specifically only using sponsors that I use personally, and also choosing sponsors that have values which are well aligned to the values expressed on this show, such as freedom, education, self-sovereignty, etc. So what I'm going to do now is a few ad reads right at the top of the show, and then I'll do a few more ad reads in the middle. And I hope you'll take the time to listen to them, as again, these are hand-selected sponsors, and I think you'll like what they have to offer. Today's podcast is brought to you by In Wolf's Clothing. Wolf is the first startup accelerator dedicated exclusively to the Bitcoin Lightning Network. Four times per year, Wolf brings teams from around the world to New York City to work with like-minded entrepreneurs, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with Bitcoin and Lightning. The program is designed to help early-stage companies achieve product market fit, develop their brand, secure early-stage funding, and grow businesses that help fuel the global adoption of Bitcoin. So go to wolfnyc.com to learn more about the program or apply. Again, that's WolfNYC, W-O-L-F-N-Y-C dot com. Sam Sorbo, welcome back to the What Is Money Show. It's so awesome to be here. This time I'm doing it in person. Yes. Super cool. Yes. We're in London for the ARC event, um, Jordan Peterson's inaugural thing, which has been super cool. Um, last time we did this was via Zoom, so much cooler yes. to do it in person. Yes. Just by way of quick introduction, you're the author of several books, including one you're holding, Words for Warriors. You're also a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, and your mission is to empower parents to emancipate their children from public schools. Yeah. Well, wow. from school. From school. So we talked about that a bit last time, but maybe we could start there. Just how... How is the mission going and what are you currently doing towards that end? So it's such a good question, how it's going. It's it's a real uphill climb and it shouldn't be. But what I've realized is 
So school is abusive towards children. And the reason that I say that is because children are insanely curious, right? Asking questions all the time. And what, are they, what do they do to them in school? What do they tell them that they have to do before they can ask a question? They have to raise their hand. So that's a barrier to entry. So they're saying, you're not allowed to ask questions unless you have permission to ask a question. And that's a deterrent. Really, that's telling them, hey, don't ask questions. And there are many small children who become too afraid to ask a question. And so to me, that's a deterrent to learning, but ostensibly they're going to school to learn. So it's a conflict right there. And then if you expand that, there's so much else that happens because of the system that's um, disadvantageous to learning. The anxiety that it provokes is disadvantageous to learning. It's, it's, a, it's an impediment to learning. We know that anxiety inhibits learning. It inhibits thought, right? When you get all anxious, you can't think straight. Um, and so I've been going through that. And the more parents I talk to, the more I realize they feel so incapable to educate children at home, they're still willing to submit their children to abuse because they feel incapable. Well, why do they feel incapable? And I say this to parents, you know, you went to high school, right? Did you graduate high school? Yeah, I graduated high school. But you feel incapable of teaching a second grader? Oh yeah, I, could, I couldn't do that. Well, then why would you send the second grader into the system that, you know, turned out the likes of you? Like, <laughs> think about it, right? And we're basically incapable of that kind of logic. Right. Like they look, they stare at me dumbfounded and they're like, yeah, I, I guess, but, but they still feel incapable and they still won't bring their kids home. Is it incapable if, or is it like they're scared they're going to miseducate yes. their children? Yeah. Well, they've been intimidated, but who's it, who's done the intimidating? That education system. Right. So it all, so it's this, it's this vicious cycle. And it's very difficult to break into that because they've had 13 years, right, K through 12, and then some perhaps, of that indoctrination of don't try this at home. Leave this to the experts, right? We live in a trust the expert society right now. And that's just the indoctrination of schooling for that many years. The teacher teaches, the teacher's the expert. Now between you and me, do you know more than the teacher of your daughter in school? Like, if you think about it, you have a lot more world experience. Most of the parents that I talk to have a lot more world experience than the 22-year-old or the 24-year-old that's teaching their children in school. But they're still telling the child, to go trust that expert, because they know better than I do when they send their child to school. What is the answer to this? Is that, um, uh, the mission is to get the kids out of schools. Is yeah. into homeschooling, into world schooling? Like, what is? How do you envision? So I, I, I've tried to kind of rebrand homeschooling, but it is homeschooling. But the problem is that people don't really understand what homeschooling is. They think that it's school at home. Education is the indoctrination of the child. That's why it's so funny that now we're. We've got all of these, you know, Christian Muslim parents who are saying, hey, stop indoctrinating my child in school. Education actually is indoctrination. Doctrine is your belief system, and it's the 
the inputting of your belief system mm -hmm. into your offspring because right. you want them to believe the way you do because you think you're right. Sort of software download. That's basically, <clears throat> right? And that's a great way to put it. It's a software download. It's not data entry. School is data entry up until recently. Now they've changed the software. And we're saying, that's the wrong software. That's the wrong doctrine. I don't want my child to think that he's born into the wrong body. Right. Right? Yeah. So we're arguing with them when they actually are correct in the idea that education is indoctrination. They just have the wrong doctrine. And we're so far gone, sort of as a people, that instead of saying, hey, I'm going to take my child, I'm going to remove my child from this abuse, we say, hey, stop abusing my child. The babysitter is hitting your children. So you're going to have a conversation with the babysitter instead of just finding a new babysitter or at least removing your child from the abusive babysitter. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an uphill battle because people have so many assumptions about what education is and what child rearing is that are wrong because they've been indoctrinated by the system. Difficult then to break out of that. It is. Dealing with people that are a product of the education system, trying to educate them that the education system has these four. I'm basically sort of, yes. I mean, it's, it, it, it gets so convoluted. Then they think, oh, well, I can't sit and, you know, labor over my child, you know, making him do math. And I try to tell them, but that's not what we're talking about. Right. So school takes two or three hours a day. It, it shouldn't take eight hours a day. Right. It certainly shouldn't take eight hours a day and then the child has homework to do at right. home. That's abusive. You know, you go to work for eight hours a day and you don't take homework home, generally speaking, yeah. right? Um, and yet that's what we impose on children. Yeah. On children. They should be children first. So there's a whole... And I think, I, I mean, if you want to take it a step further, so they go to school... And they do all of this work, so we deprive them of childhood. Mm -hmm. It's no wonder they never grow up anymore, mm -hmm. right? So now we have these children graduating college, unable to hold down a, a job, much less have a career, living in their parents' basements. And, and we have yet to sort of step back and go, whoa, I think there's a glitch in the system. It's not quite working mm -hmm. anymore. And I would put to you that it never did really work. Yeah. Because... We've been going through this for so long. It's been decades and decades of this. Yes. Yeah, so I've heard Peterson talk about this, and I think we did last time too, that we inherited the educational system from the Prussians. Oh, yeah. Which was designed to turn out factory workers and right. soldiers. Right. So Pe not, people who obey. Yes. Obedient, obedient cogs in a wheel. Right. Which does not correspond to our now uh, digital economy knowledge work. Well, I mean, creative, flexible. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about jobs, which, by the way, I don't believe that it's correct to teach a child that their intrinsic worth is money. Yes. I think that that's wrong. But that's what the system does. So if you want to talk about jobs, because college prep and career readiness is just job preparedness, they don't even know what jobs we're going to have in 20 years. That's right. So how can they prepare the kids? And in fact, we're seeing that. We're seeing all these kids that are so poorly prepared for life and can't hold down a job, right? And yet we continue to send our children, not my school, I, my school's a good school. Do you know what I mean? I, I get that all the time. My child yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. I talk to parents 
They agreed with everything I said because I laid it out. I, I okay, spoke at this event. And then they said, but our kid goes to the good, a good public school. Yeah. And I'm looking at them going, there is no such thing. But, but okay, define good. Yeah. Let's define our terms. What do you mean good? Well, it's where we went to, to high school. Yeah. We met there. Yeah. I'm like, so your kid has your locker and that makes it a good education? It's not the same teachers. It's not the same textbooks. People have to wake up and understand everything has changed. Yeah. They changed it while you were asleep. They right. changed it while you weren't looking. Yeah. And so all of these young teachers that have graduated from these Marxist teaching colleges, they're teaching in your, your Christian school. They're teaching in your Catholic school. They're teaching yeah. in your public schools. And they're doing things behind your back because they've learned, they've been taught that it's okay to do things behind the parents' back. Mm -hmm. I just talked to a gentleman just now and he said, he was uh, having he was struggling with uh, one of the kids in his family and he talked to the teacher and he said i need to see what you're teaching her for social studies and the teacher said you don't have the right to know what i teach your child wow that's uh, <laughs> that's scary and so that's what we're dealing with and and we're like i don't know what to do with that yeah yes you do you take your child out of that you protect your child at yeah. all in all events, you protect the child. That's, at least that's what we should do. But we've lost the family unit in our culture. And I lay that at the feet of the school. I know, to, to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. To me, everything looks educational. Yes. Everything can be traced back to our education system. And the education system, I should not call it the education system, the school system, stole the family from the culture by removing the child from the parents for eight hours a day, five days a week. And then mom goes to work, and so maybe it's more than eight hours a day. Maybe the kids, I mean, I grew up, I never saw my mother. I didn't have a father. I never saw my mother because she worked uh, afternoon shifts. And so um, she would leave when I was basically, she would be out of the house before I got home from school, and she worked till midnight. So I would see her on Saturday. So latchkey, right? Uh, that was the theft of, of the family. She had to work. That was the job she got. Jeez. If you are a business owner or manager, you should know these three numbers. 36,000, 25, and 1. 36,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, which allows you to streamline accounting, financial management, human resources, and more. NetSuite turns 25 years old this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days rather than weeks, and to drive down cost. And finally, one, because your business is one of a kind. So with NetSuite, you get a customized solution for all your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. NetSuite is everything you need all in one place. Right now, you can download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash whatismoney. That's netsuite.com slash whatismoney to get your free KPI checklist. Again, netsuite.com slash whatismoney. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, iCoin Technologies. iCoin has released a free software update for all existing wallet holders that includes a secure messaging feature called Chamber. With the Chamber upgrade, you can send text messages with all the security benefits of a cold device. With wallet-to-wallet -wallet encrypted messaging, there is zero chance of a message being decrypted by a snooping third party. Chamber's encrypted messages can only be created and read on an iCoin wallet, which means messages are never seen in plain text on a hot device. 
You can use any messaging platform to send chamber encrypted messages. Even if the messaging channel is compromised, your messages will remain uncrackable. You can now generate and store your message encryption keys on a cold device. This means you become the central authority and your encryption keys are never seen on a network connected device or kept in cloud storage by a third party. So why not protect your private communications like you protect your Bitcoin private keys? Pick up a few iCoin chambers today for friends, family, and coworkers. With the iCoin chamber, your privacy is built right in. Go to iCoinTechnology.com today and use promo code BITCOIN23 for 30% off of this new sleek hardware wallet. Let me ask you, so we, we analogize it to a software download mm. or an indoctrination. In state schooling specifically, this doctrine is now shifted the past three years yes. towards wokeism. Right. Which this is describing of uh, gender as a arbitrary choice. Yeah. Uh, words have no meaning other than what we pretend they have, you know, two plus two plus <laughs> five. Yes. I don't really know where to stop with this. It's no, just a it's, total like it's endless uh, decomposition of rationality. Oh, excellent. Why? 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 Well, that's communism. Why has this doctrine shifted and why are we, why are a certain cohort in this country or in this world so uh, adamant about installing this doctrine into children? What do you think the purpose is? So it's communism, which is anti-freedom. And if they can enslave the masses, then they have power. Now, not everybody who's in, who's cogs in this wheel understand what they're doing, understand the, sure. the overarching narrative. Sure. But the Communist 45, which was entered into the um, congressional record, uh, stipulated that this, these were the goals of the Communist Party. Infiltrate the schools, infiltrate the teachers unions, check and check. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, make sure that pornography enters the schools, mm -hmm. introduce pornography in the schools, I should say. Um, introduce sex education in the schools because if you can enslave people to their own uh, desires, they are truly enslaved. And so, so this has been what, what they call the long march through the institutions. Um, and the communists took the long view and we're playing a short game and we're not playing it very well and we're not understanding it very well. Um, and so to my mind, the only path to freedom is to keep your kids home, study the classics, and understand the, the, the nature of this country because this country is the country that, that basically gave the world freedom. Yes, yeah. we, we were founded on principles that were established in England. Sure, right? life, liberty, property. But, but ours is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And happiness is the Aristotle's, Aristotelian definition of happiness, which is serving your purpose, which is what mm -hmm. Jordan Peterson talks about, mm -hmm. is that if you shouldn't seek happiness. Mm -hmm. You should seek to lift the largest rock you can. Right. Find, right? Yeah. Find the purpose for your life. And I mean, that's why I do what I'm doing. Yeah. This is my purpose. It's so clearly my purpose, yes. right? And I shouldn't be doing this. I should be sort of living the life of luxury or whatever mm -hmm. and eating bonbons. That's not, that makes me not happy. Right. This, this gives me joy when I have parents who reach out and say, Thank you. We started three years ago and we couldn't be happier and it was the greatest decision that we've ever made. That makes my day. It's beautiful. It bothers me that 
that parents don't understand what they're sacrificing when they when they give their children over to other people. Yes, um, <clears throat> giving them up to be indoctrinated in statist ideologies that away from don't them control. And I have too many stories of parents saying, "Yeah, we don't have a relationship with our daughter anymore." Yeah, that's awful. I wish I'd known what you were saying. So this, when we, I mean, we describe it—the long march through the institutions. We're talking about a long con or a long. Psyop, <laughs> yeah. We were we're lying. Yeah, it was it was slow. So this is what what I'm saying is. Decades ago, it was just, let's disrupt the family. We'll take the children out of the house. Yeah. We'll, we'll um, push for uh, women's rights. So women want to work and women want sex. Together. And by the way, the sexual revolution, that's backfired big time. Because now you have all these single parents, females, right? And what happened, okay, this is maybe a little bit off topic, but when women said, we want sex, we just want free sex. Guys were like, dude, I'm there. Bring it on. I hear you, right? They were no longer required to grow up. It used to be that if you... They don't have to take responsibility. The men have a sex drive, but if you want some, you better put a ring on it and set a date, right? Now they didn't have to put a ring on it or set a date. Free sex, thank you. Now they don't have to grow up. They don't have to provide for a family. The girl's giving it away for free. Destroys That's the. That's right, and it destroys the family. And this is why Jordan Peterson's, like, like his, his demographic is young men who never learned to grow up. They were never forced to, to get a job, yeah. so to speak, right, yeah. in, the, in the sense of that. Yeah. And, and honestly, the, 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 the pinnacle of a life is offspring. Yes. And being able to say, that's me walking out there and... and, and just uh, they're arrows into the future, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, my kids are like my my total joy. Yes. And the relationship that I have with my children is because I fostered it day after day. Yes. In the home. And that's what home that's what homeschooling is. It's right. more than making sure that I had data entry. And by the way, I did it wrong. I, I'm not saying that I'm perfect because I wasn't, and I didn't do it perfectly. And I schooled my two older children. It was my daughter who taught me that I was not the teacher. I, I, I was the teacher for my two older boys. And that was a bit of a contentious relationship. Not bad, but um, they, they, how do I put it? So my son read a book the other day that I gave him for Christmas and he finished it. And he said, this is probably the book, he's 24. He said, this is the first book that I finished in probably five years. And it's because he, he sort of rebelled against the schooling and decided he didn't like to read because I, he was made to read, right? My daughter was inspired to read. She's five years younger than him. And somehow she figured out, I, I laid off her, I guess. I laid off because she wasn't so academic. He was, he was quite academic. She was not. And so I laid off. Um, realizing over time, finally realizing it's not really the academics that's the important thing. It's character. Yes. Because if we want our children to be happy, and by happy I mean to pursue their passion, Yes. then we should allow them to discover their passion, and we should facilitate that, not do the data entry that the schools are requiring. Don't force force them into a box. Right. Let them discover. Right. 
their purpose. Right. And so by allowing her to do that, my gosh, she goes back and rereads her chemistry book over the summer because she feels like she didn't get all the chemistry during the year. You see what I'm saying? So it's a completely different. And people will look at that and they go, but but that's exceptional because she obviously really likes studying. No, to the contrary, it's harder for her because she's not that inclined. Her brain doesn't work that way. And she would have been killed in school. They would have just beaten the life out of her. So if you have a child who is who is interested, you cultivate the interest, but you don't force feed him and he'll go and find the stuff. Look, our nation was founded by men who homeschooled. Yeah. They were all homeschooled. Yeah. They didn't go to school. Yeah. And the reason that they were geniuses is because they took interest. Well, and they were self-taught across their entire lifetime. This is what I'm saying. So homeschooling is self-teaching. Let's put it that way. Okay. So you learn through this process that you're not the teacher. You're more like a facilitator facilitator for them to become self-teachers. And the fact is, you won't learn anything that you don't first purpose to to teach yourself. So, yes, you might be able to learn from me, but I'm not the one who's like making it go in. Your choice. What are the, so what are the, in your experience of having done this, homeschool, three children? Three. What are the tenets that you found really worked for homeschooling? Because I thought of a five-year-old daughter, almost five. If I could get it, if I could inspire her to read and like she just read the things she's interested in. If we travel with her a lot, that she gets exposure to multiple cultures and then teach her to run a business. I feel like those kind of three pillars would be enough to give someone what they need. It's a solid foundation. You didn't cover math. Right. But math comes. Yeah. So I, I was just talking to somebody and their daughter went sort of off the rails and whatever. And now she works and, and it turned out that her father taught her math because she just never got math in school. So she learned math for the job that she has as an adult. That's what happens. My friend who homeschools failed algebra twice, twice. Failed it first when she was in school, failed it for the second time in school. And then she had to teach her daughter algebra. So she went back to school for algebra and she learned it. And she aced it the third time because there was no pressure. It was herself that was giving the pressure, right? I really want to learn this. Yeah. So she did. So to my mind, you've got three pillars. That's a, that's a sturdy stool that works for me. Might not work for somebody else. Sure. I don't. World travel is not necessary, but it's a great education. And who's to say that that education is better or worse than, well, sitting in a classroom at a desk? I would say that's better. I would say that's preferable. Yeah. Because ultimately, it's important to be able to socialize with people. And she will get that. Yeah. From travel. Yes. Right? Yeah. You'll encourage her to speak to different people. Yeah, adapting to different situations, being dynamic, understanding. But, but we say, oh, kids get socialized in school. No, they don't. They don't learn social skills from other children. And to the extent that they do, it's in one cultural context. And when you go into another cultural context, things are very different. But, it's re- but I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out how ludicrous it is that we think that because a child goes into a room full of other children... Yeah that somehow magically socialization happens. Right. To the contrary, and when you talk to kids who are in school all day, you know, high schoolers, you say, how was your day? Eh, 
that's the answer. That's not a social answer. So I, I would say that world schooling is a much better choice. Yes. So you read to her and you, and you find her good books and you have to be very careful because the new books are by and large trash. This is where you focus on the classics. Yes. Yeah. You focus on the classics and there are great, they call them living books uh, from anything before 1950 where they used to do, they used to put actual artwork in a, in a children's book. They would tell a story. And um, I have a friend who specializes in this. She has a library. And so she shows us the eyewitness books. Those are the new books. And they're like photographs with little factoids about the forest. And little factoids that are all disjointed. Photographs that take everything sort of out of context. Or I am a forest book that was published in 1930. And it features watercolors of the forest. And it tells the story of the rabbit. And, and the tree that falls down and how the tree decomposes. Which one do you think inspires conservation? The story about the, right? You start to identify with the forest. Oh, the forest is a living organism, It's right? As opposed to the, the, the snippets, the photos and the factoids. And there are 13,000 trees in this forest or whatever, you know, who cares? Or literary, mm-hmm. even mythological in a way. Mm-hmm. It's a narrative. That's interesting. Um, we have your book here today. My Words book, for Words for Warriors. I was surprised <clears throat> to open the book and see that you've actually listed <laughs> terms. Yes. Alphabetically. Well, I used the phrase before, right? Define your terms. Yes. This is a debate phrase. Yes. So. By the way, you have to teach your child to debate. Okay. And then the day she wins a debate with you is the happiest day of your life. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. I could see that. I could see that. So this is, as we were saying earlier, wokeism's like undermining rationality by kind of destroying definitions. Yes. You're laying out some terms here and hopefully trying to clarify yes. definitions. I wanted to codify them yes. before we lost them all together. Do you know the word that started this? No. Fascist. Okay. You remember they called Donald Trump a fascist? I've heard the word. They called Hitler a fascist? Yes. So Hitler was not a fascist. Hitler was a socialist. It's in the name. Yeah. Nazi stands for National Socialist. Yeah. Okay. They called him a fascist because they want to to paint him as right wing. And they've decided that fascist is right wing. But it's not. Right. Fascism is a left wing ideology. And the funny thing is, it makes no logical sense to think that fascism is right wing. Because can we define that term? Yes. So socialism, communist socialism is the um, is communism without the bloody revolution. Right. So socialism is the slow way to communism. Spectrum to communism. Yes. Communism is the abolition of private property. Right. We describe right through the economics framework, and right. socialism is aggression against private property. So you're working towards communism. Okay, that works. Yeah. But the end goal of socialism is always communism. Yes. So yes. it's so for. For our purposes, they're the same. Yes. Fascism is not the government owns the property. You still own the property, but the government controls everything that you can do with the property. Which is effectively the government owning the property. Right. So it's a all property is to own. Right. Now, Mussolini was a fascist, and he joined forces with Hitler. So, uh, So then they said, okay, so Hitler's a fascist. That makes him right wing. Yeah. But it's not true. And, and it's demonstrably not true. Yeah. And so what happened after World War II was they had the National Socialists 
And they also had the communists. Remember, we joined forces with um, Russia and Stalin. And we beat the, the Nazis. And Winston Churchill wanted to go into Russia then. And FDR refused. And so then we had the Nuremberg trial. And we put the Nazis on trial. And the commies sat in judgment over the Nazis. So they came out smelling like roses, even though they, they murdered a lot more people right. than the Nazis ever did. Right. And so... So we still demonize Hitler, but we're not talking about Solomon that much. Or, or how bad communism is. Yes. And not only that, we demonize Hitler not for his socialist tendencies, but for his nationalist tendencies. So the, so the fascism is like a, a warped kind of nationalism, and that's evil. And that's why, and by the way, what a great, um, what a, what a great way to sort of break down the idea of country, of uh, America having borders. Oh, it's so nationalistic. That's like Hitler. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's all wrong. And so I, I started by like say, by writing an article. Hey, fascism is left wing, not right wing. By the way, it has the same artwork. It's black and red. It, they have the same tactics, government tactics. Like, it's yeah. the same. So, I, Ayn Rand says it's all, all these isms are kind of bullshit, right? It's the individualist versus collectivist. Yes. Collectivists are communist, fascist. School systems. Yes. Um, I, I just say statist. Really? Yes. And then and they're, they're all there to lie to you and steal your stuff. Like, it doesn't matter what <laughs> what um, ideology they subscribe to, that's basically the punchline. Whereas the individualist is like, just leave the individual alone. Right. Like, right to life. Right, being so if you, take, if, you take, uh, if you take the right wing, if you start moving in the direction of the right, you become more individualist. Yes. To eventually anarchy. Yes. No government at all. Yes. Right? Yes, no rulers. Right. So how do you get from that to fascism, which is supposed to be sort of the extreme right? Right. You can't get there from here. Right. You have to loop back around to, right, get to right, fascism, right, right. but you can't loop back. It doesn't work that way. Yes. It's, it's But it's presented in mainstream discourse of the fascism's over here. Yes, over that's here. right. Or is the reality? That and that's to confuse you. Right. So thank goodness you're clarifying these terms. <laughs> okay. One of my highest health priorities is keeping my brain in top shape. To take care of my brain power, I do many things, such as striving to read, write, exercise, and meditate daily. One of the latest tools in my brain power toolkit is MindLab Pro. MindLab Pro is a nootropic supplement that is scientifically proven to enhance your brain power. When I take MindLab Pro, my mind feels like it has a better grip on the world, my thinking is more lucid, and the articulation of my speech is much more clear. MindLab Pro has been tested in rigorous, double-blind, placebo-controlled human trials and has been proven to enhance brain power for users in every age group. MindLab Pro is an advanced formulation of 11 nootropic ingredients and is backed by research from 1,473 human trials conducted over a period of 32 years. So if you're looking to start enhancing your brain power, MindLab Pro is an excellent solution. Go to mindlabpro.com breedlove to start enhancing your brain power today. Again, that's mindlabpro.com slash breedlove. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, CrowdHealth. CrowdHealth is a crowdfunding platform for paying medical expenses in lieu of an insurance policy. 
CrowdHealth recently announced that it is integrating Lightning Payments with Breeze's Lightning SDK. In the United States, we spend more than twice the average amount of money on healthcare than other developed nations. Medical costs are one of the leading causes of bankruptcy in the United States, and it is not a secret that the medical system in the U.S. has many, many issues. The CrowdHealth model is based on offering an alternative to the conventional insurance policy at a cheaper price point. For a monthly membership fee of $50, CrowdHealth will negotiate medical bills to get the cheapest price possible, help locate healthcare providers, offer access to their member crowdfunding service, and more. Prior to the Breeze integration, CrowdHealth had been functioning over traditional fiat payment rails, which introduced unnecessary transaction fees and delays in settlement. By integrating Lightning payments into the CrowdHealth business model, payments between members can now be made with near-zero fees and with final settlement occurring in mere seconds. So go to joincrowdhealth.com breedlove today to sign up. Um, I wrote down a few of these words that I liked in your book. And so maybe I'll just bring them up and we talk sure. about them a little bit. Um, the Article 5 Convention. Is this in regards to the Constitution? It is. Okay, what, what is Article 5 and what, what's the Article 5 Convention? So the Article 5 Convention has a lot of support. People think that if we unpack the Constitution, basically we get a quorum of states with, and, and this is on the conservative side, with conservative governors, we can sort of unpack the Constitution and rewrite it and make it stronger. Uh, I tend to disagree because if they're not following the Constitution now, I don't see what's going to make them follow the Constitution. I mean, our government is is out of control at this point with spending, um, with everything, really. Yeah. And, I mean, we were just talking last night about the, the tremendous amount of money that we've sent to Ukraine with no oversight. There's no oversight. But don't worry, because Ukraine's not corrupt at all. Yeah. I, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. So um, so there's a movement to convene an Article 5 convention in, a, in an attempt. And there are some good arguments on that side. I just don't, logically, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, well, what you're describing there, money being sent to Ukraine, that's all newly printed money. So this is... Without Hopefully sense. it'll never come back over here so we won't have any inflation at all. Yeah, of course. Well, well, the central bank is what enables us to do these uh, yes. sorts of yes. geopolitical engineering projects, let's say. Which, yeah, by yeah. the way, they couldn't do before. Yeah. When the money was tied, to go, right. so they couldn't do it. It undermines the Constitution. It, it undermines, the yes, the entire republic. The Constitution is supposed to be kind of the limiting parameters of what government can and cannot do. But when you can just print money out of thin air without any democratic approval process, well, then who gives a shit what you can and can't do? You can print money. If you print the money and send it anywhere in the world, you can do whatever you want. Correct. So it doesn't, I don't think you can reconcile a constitutional republic with a central banked economy. That's a, it's a great point. Yeah. But also, you know, we have, uh, we are now governed by regulators and they are not elected. Yeah. So we have a lot of unelected, unconstitutional, stuff happening in our yeah. government. Yeah. We've got we've we've really moved quite far from the constitution at this point. Yes, agreed completely. Um you have the term cancel in your book. What where did this cancel culture is this another product of the cultural marxism that's infected the schools and this long march to the institution? What what does it mean to be canceled and why did this become such a big deal all of a sudden? Uh, well, because they, because they became more effective. 
the left became much more effective with social media because they started to control social media. And so the, so the cancellation of somebody, you can ruin their lives. This is exactly what happened under communism. In fact, the communists got so bad, according to Solzhenitsyn, who lived in Russia, it got so bad that the communist leaders, they knew that their head was on the chopping block. That eventually, because the tail, the, the snake always eats its own tail, eventually it was going to come around to them. Like Robespierre in the French Revolution, he, he brought the, the guillotine in to kill wealthy people. Well, eventually he killed all the people who were wealthier than him, then he was the wealthy person. So then he got the chopping block. So, but in, in Russia, it got so absurd that, and they would come in the middle of the night and they would you know, create all this noise and you would hear them in the, the apartment next door moving around. They, they purposely created noise to strike fear in the hearts of everybody living in the building, right? And they would take the person away. That, that even the communists, when they were taken away, were relieved because they'd had, they'd had the sword of Damocles hanging over their heads their whole life. You know what I mean? Because even the communists know that they're serving a, a very, uh, uh, perverse and corrupt establishment. And um, that's why, I don't know, have you read Witness with uh, um, Whitaker Chambers? A phenomenal book. Whitaker Chambers was a brilliant man. He was a communist spy in D.C. He's, he's, uh, he's undescribable. He's sort of nondescript, right? Which is the perfect spy. And he worked in high levels of government as a commie spy. And he eventually woke up, and eventually he became a Quaker. But at one point, he decided that he had to leave the Communist Party because he saw how evil it was. And he said to his wife, I'm leaving the winning side for the losing side. Because he left the Communists, and he felt like they were winning. They were going to win, but he needed to not be doing evil. And he, and it wasn't like he did evil, like, Personally, he did evil things, but he saw that what he was participating in. So, so yes, cancel culture is basically to strike fear into people so they won't speak out against... To get people to self-censor. Yeah. And they've, and they've been very effective. And by the way, cancel culture is, is the culture of unforgiveness, which is in direct opposition to the Judeo-Christian ethic of forgiveness, right? That's the foundation of our faith is forgiveness and the ability to be redeemed. Yes. And the cancel culture says, no, 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 you can't be redeemed now. Right, right. Humans are sinful, right? We miss the mark all the time. All the time. Sakes all the time if we don't have an opportunity for redemption. It's, what hope is there for us? And of course, the, the whole communist specter is removing hope. Yes. So their buildings are big black boxes, right? They're, they impose this, this threatening sort of image onto you. You're puny. You're nothing. You can't stand up to that. Their artwork is the same thing. Um, it's, it's an entire, it's a, it's, a, it's a mind, Yes. you know, game with yes. death. This reminds me of biology. It was on the show. It goes, when you take G-O-D out of society, the power vacuum is filled by G-O-V. Yes. And so this, you know, uh, communist ideology succeeds mostly in places where uh, God is lacking. Oh, yeah. Right. So, well, and that's the right. So, that's, and by the way, during COVID, 
You're not allowed to go to church. You can go to the strip joints. Yeah. You can get yourself a joint. Those are essential businesses. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, it's, I was very disappointed that we didn't have more churches stand up to that. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. Um, Another term you have in your book, COVIDiot. What is a COVIDiot? So COVIDiot, it, it's a term, I have to look it up because I want to make sure I get um, the name right. It was uh, thought up by a, uh, national radio show host and it basically returned to it referred yeah Chris Plant thank you I just wanted to make sure um, it referred to people who were just idiotic in their pursuit of health despite COVID people wearing the mask in the car alone, alone. in the car yeah, yeah. it's like or, or the people who I mean imagine that we were told you have to wear a mask to walk to the table in the restaurant <laughs> And to but it, while you're sitting, you can take it off. Then you have to put it back on to go to the restroom yeah. and back again. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought there were, we were at a conference during this the pandemic, and at one point you had to wear the mask walking around at the conference. But as soon as you bought an alcoholic beverage, it was okay. You could take it off and drink because obviously the virus is scared of alcohol. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is very trying times for rational thinkers. For rational thinkers. For, my mind is getting ripped apart everywhere I go. It's true. Yeah. And you want to shake people. Yeah. You you want to shake some sense into them. Yeah. And it tore families apart. Yeah. It isolated people. It killed people. And we seem to be powerless to stop it. Yeah. Because why? Because we were raised to trust experts to not question in school, to not think, just just tell the teacher what she told you to say. So the code videos are a product of public schooling. They're a product of schooling. Schooling. But we all are, because there weren't enough people who were asking questions. There weren't enough. We couldn't overrun the system with clever people, thoughtful people who were just being logical about things. And that's very sad to me. That's why I say it's such an uphill battle because the parents are so bought in at this point to the system. And that's why they're doing what they're doing now. That's why they can turn up the heat and convince children that they are transgender. I talked to a woman just the other day who's who, you know, her first two kind of skated through they're okay, and her third is transgender now. And there's nothing she can do about it. And, and by the way, like in Canada, they're passing a law or they're trying to, you, you have to affirm the child's gender or you can be taken away and locked up for five years. I think in California, if you don't affirm your child's gender, they'll take your child away. Right. You know, which is right. fucking insane. It's like a child who might be having an identity crisis, right? As we all, when you're growing up, you're trying to figure out who He might be are. just trying to get back at his parents because might they wouldn't buy him a chocolate bar. Might be trying to get attention. Children are very clever that right. way. Exactly, whatever it is. Like the same reason children can't vote, children can't drive, children can't buy alcohol, <laughs> children can't Oh, but now all of a sudden, they can make decisions well, about, in bodily autonomy. And that radically reduce their life expectancy. This isn't talked about enough, but these children are, are humans. They yes. go through transitional gender reassignment. 
the life expectancy plummets by like 75%. They have all these complications. Of, it's very, very dark. Um, it's very dark. In yeah, fact, we're celebrating it as if it's some type of... The, the man, Walt Steyer, was one of the first transgender patients. He was an adult when they transitioned him to female. And then he transitioned back about eight, eight years later. He lived as a woman for eight years and he realized that he wasn't a woman. And so he transitioned back and he was one, he was very vocal, but they silenced him. But he says that the men who developed the transgender surgery were experimenting on him. They were just perverts who wanted to experiment on him. Now, I'm not saying that everybody who's involved in this is a pervert. Agrees. However. But if you're doing surgeries on children, I think you're... Something's you're wrong butchering. with... Yeah, you're butchering. What, what, regardless, children, you're butchering. Not, like children, you're yes. And, and so, and by the way, this ushers in, this is grooming. Yeah. This ushers in the ability for them to argue that children are, have autonomy and children can make decisions to have sex with strangers. Normalizing. Right. They're using that term, my track. Yes. Normalizing pedophilia. It's unbelievable. I'm like, I don't know. It's, I don't, seems, I don't know. It's like fiction. Yes, it does. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a, it's a dark, Ew. Dark yeah. But we have I to. I need a shower. My bag gets this through education. Right. By, by talking about. But keep your children with you. Protect yes. them. At all, protect them from all right. of that. Just protect them from that. Protect and you will be ahead of the game. Yes. Because that, as we were talking earlier, that indoctrination, that ideology serves to normalize. That's right. This is kind of the end game. So go ahead and protect your child from that. Get them out of the school. That's right. Right. Okay. One last term I want to ask you about. And then I'll let you get out of here. You said this is one of your favorite terms. The NPC. <laughs> the non-playable character. Now, going up, growing up as a gamer, I'm very familiar with the NPCs, right? Yes. There's playable characters that yes. you can actually control in the game. Right. And there's the non-playable characters that just... Kind of sort of recite their um, programmed narrative. Right? right. You can't control them or change them, but right. do whatever they're programmed to do. So I've never played games, but I watched Jumanji. Okay. And the, the guy who drives the Jeep says to, to find the stone, you know, solve the riddle or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and then they ask him another question, and he says, to find the stone, solve the riddle, because he's an NPC. Yes. And so he's only programmed to say the one line or the two lines. And I, I put it in the book because that's the world that we're living in, the NPC world, where people are programmed because they went to school. They're programmed to say certain things. So when parents say, what about socialization? I'm like, that's programmed into you. If you gave it any thought, you wouldn't ask me about socialization because you would understand Children don't learn social skills from other children. That's not, that's ridiculous. And in fact, your children will learn better social skills from adults because that's how they learn social skills. So, so, and there are a lot of, there are a lot of NPCs right now, but during COVID, especially with the mask, please put your mask over your nose. Please put your mask over your nose. It's like this programmed thing. And then what I love is like the image for the NPC is this gray guy's head with the nose and the two eyes. And it's like he's wearing a mask. Yeah. So it's perfect. And then they show the different download, like the yes. grain flag. And yes. The, and the Israel yes. Yeah. 
the current thing. The right? current thing. Yeah. And we're just, we're programmed to respond a certain way. And I, I want to break people out of it. I feel like I'm in that movie. It's a French movie. It's called Paradise for Everyone. And it's, they're doing lobotomies on people because they, because they become happy when they get lobotomized. Nothing mm-hmm. ever bothers them again. And so they're super happy. And the guy finally realizes that it's not good that people are just happy all the time because he's getting frustrated. And, right. And then they lobotomize him. <laughs> what is the apparatus of programming? Is this people just parroting what they hear in mainstream media? The apparatus? Yeah. Oh. So the NPCs are just taking the download from mainstream media and then just reciting what they've learned? Um, I guess schooling is also part of Experts. Experts. Right, so if you if you see the media as expert, then that's that's your expert that you're trusting. Right. But the schools have programmed us to trust experts and not question, and not think, also not read. Yeah, because they make reading so onerous, and because they're teachers, the the paradigm tells the child teacher knows everything. Yeah, just believe the teacher. You don't have to read the book. It's a it's a bore. And by the way, the books are really boring in school. So they've made everything really boring. Like there's, I know this may sound like a conspiracy theory, but it's the truth. Yeah. The communists wanted control of the schools. It's in their, their 45, their declaration. Yeah. And they got control of the schools. The teachers unions, well known, the teachers unions are communists. Okay. So the, the whole, their, their whole march has culminated in, they control the schools. They are now programming us. And data entry, but the but they've used the data entry basically just to program us, right? To to basically do their bidding, and we saw it during COVID. Yeah, and there were a few of us who have somehow escaped. Yes, because we put two brain cells together. I don't know about you. I dropped out of high school, um, not on a technicality actually, but um, and I traveled the world, and so I started to wake up to. Uh, an understanding of what America was from outside. Yeah. And that's why foreigners love our country more than we do. Yeah. Foreigners are like, oh, America. Yeah. It's the greatest place on earth. Yeah, right. Because it is. But we don't know that because they've told us America sucks. Well, maybe it was. I don't know if it still is. I mean, there's places that are great in the United States. Obviously, the foundational principles are great. It's led to the greatest economic success stories in the world. But man, we are crumbling so fast, so. I can't disagree with you. I'm looking, I'm trying to argue. <laughs> and I think that what you were saying there, what came up for me is, okay, this, this idea of programming people, getting them to not think critically, don't want to read, just listen to the experts. That culminated in this mantra during the pandemic, right? Trust the science. Yes. Right, don't question the science. Right. And if you really just analyze this rationally, and you're saying, Break it down. Don't question science. Science is a systematic method of questioning. You're saying don't question the questioning. It's like if it's circular reasoning or something, right? System fail. I like that. Yeah. And uh, but that was it. That was the line. That was parroted. Trust the science. Well, and Fauci actually said, if you don't trust, if you're doubting me, you're doubting science. He became science. science. But of course, that's what they've done in the schools anyway. So this is my new, like, I get these pet peeves. My new pet peeve is we need to change the Department of Education to the Department of Schooling. Because I don't see how 
any any entity that calls itself education can ignore the Bible. But they do. They ignore, they disdain the Bible. It's the most important book. I'm not talking religious. I'm just saying the Bible is the most important book known in history. It's the basis of Western civilization. It's the bestseller. Yeah. And it's the best, it's the best um, research, not researched, uh, uh, but it's the best history textbook that we have. It's the, it's the best, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Exampled history textbook that we have. It's proven. It hasn't been disproven. And yet they ignore it. And they say they're educating. You see, so the whole thing's a ruse. So, yeah. And what's beautiful about home education, we can turn this thing around in one generation. We keep enough kids out of school. It only takes a remnant. What happens is they, they rediscover freedom. They rediscover the principles of freedom that the founders understood. Right. They rediscover it. They read some of those same writings, John Locke and, and the rest of them. Yeah. They, it's, it's a whole discovery process. Right. And the parents go on that journey with them. Yeah. And all of a sudden we have a whole family of converts yes. to the cause. New humans, right. New software. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And the relationships are stronger. Yeah. And and the it's just Well the communities are stronger, yeah. they'd be wealthier, right? Yeah. They're operating under the principles yeah. of freedom. And they right, and they yeah. wouldn't be rolled over by trust the experts. Right. Right. And they would see through all these illusions. Right. Sam, so good to see you in person. This is I'm fun. I'm really happy you're doing what you're doing. Thank you. Um we're both, I guess. Hammers looking at the world. That's because it is a mill. I think it's someone's money. You think it's someone's education. They definitely You're not are, wrong. It's connected. Yes. Um, fiat education is a term we throw around a lot. So if you're listening to this, please question the fiat education schooling system, right? Think about getting your kids out of it because it's contributing to the generation of the world. Um, where can people find you on the internet to oh, learn more about this? That's easy. Sam, uh, Sorbostudios.com is really the best place to go. It has all of our, all the films and all my stuff and everything. The books, everything. Wonderful. Sam, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me.